All right. I am here with two great leaders in our field. I'm with Sabina Wilms and Zev Rosenberg to talk about a whole lot, maybe more than you thought you were going to get in this podcast interview. Before we get into our talks and exploration of their presentation at Symposium, we want to dedicate this podcast to the one and only Lillian Bridges, who has touched many of our lives, including the lives of the three of us. And that's what we were discussing before we got on to this podcast. We know that she continues influencing us with her grace and her knowledge. And so we're going to take a moment and dedicate this time to her and just send our love to her and everything that she contributed to us in this field and just to the patients and everybody alike. So we'll start with that. Lillian, we love you. Thank you so much. And now I'd like to introduce to everybody listening and or watching uh, Sabina Wilms and Zev Rosenberg. They will tell you how they came together and will be presenting because sounds like they've been doing a lot of projects together, deep dives and translations. For those of you that aren't familiar, Zev is a scholar, a practitioner, an author, and the chair emeritus for the herbal department at Pacific College. He was also one of my professors, so he's dear to my heart. Sabina is um, a translator and she runs a whole lot, and we're going to get into that as well. Also an author and has a mentorship programs. We're going to get into that more. But first, let's start having the two of them, you decide who's going to uh, begin the discussion. Let us know what you're going to cover at Symposium. You're on the 3rd of November from 2 to 5. The title is The Art and Science of Resonance in Chinese Medicine. It resonates with me, but I'd love for everybody listening or watching in to hear from you. What exactly are you going to cover at Symposium? You first, Sabina. <laughs> oh, gee. Um, we are going to talk about, I think the, the concept of resonance was that really, what that really means, because it used to be that Chinese medicine practitioners would pay lip service to this idea of the medicine of systematic correspondences, as Paul Unschuld coined that famous term, as a system of correspondences between the five dynamics, yin and yang, heaven and earth, where the body is the microcosm and the universe is the macrocosm, and that all these systems change and respond and transform as correspondences. And Zeph and I I think this came up when we, we did our wonderful um, retreat on herbal medicine in Taos, where we got talking about language and the importance of that concept that it's not a correspondence, it's not an intellectual exercise, it's not a, it's not a construct of the mind, but it is an actual physical resonance that between you and me and the stars and the seasons and the winds and the tides in the ocean that that the um 
the relationship between the human body, the individual body and the social body, the family, the, the body of the doctor and the patient and the cosmic body, they, res they actually physically, spiritually, they resonate in, at all levels. And SUMAN 26 is the perfect example of that vision, I think. And um, yeah, I, does, that, does that cover it? Um, Zeb, you, you have the, the world's most complex slide on this, on this whole notion. Well, it's, it's how a person thinks. So I like to make flow charts because that's unfortunately or fortunately how my mind works. I see multiple things at the same time and then I pick one and then work on that. I'm not a linear thinker. It has good sides and not such good sides. So um, my role, I guess, in this, uh, uh, this seminar that we're going to present, um, for want of a better term, is the practical aspects of it to show that this isn't just woo-woo stuff talking about resonance and stars and planets and heaven and earth and humanity but it actually is a very important practical concern and strongly influences the efficacy and power of treatment, whether we use acupuncture or medicine. One of Leo, Long, Leo Li Hong's teachers said that the practice of herbal medicine is a practice of time and timing, that you have to give the right formula at the right time in terms of progression of symptoms, time of day, month, season, and you could say, call them, you know, heavenly configurations, constellations, solar rhythms, lunar cycles, all these things come into play in clinical practice. So the very first time I heard about this, my very first book on Chinese medicine that let me go to school is something that was put out by MIT Press in 1980 by Manfred Porkert, who was teaching in Germany. And he called this section phase energetics. I still like the term phase energetics, um, which was, is his translation for Wu Yang Liao Qi, five movements and six Qi. And one of the things I've always liked about the idea of the five and the six, which is, you know, the patterns of five and six appear over and over again in Chinese medicine, such as in the Nanjing, the five phases is very predominant and the expression in treatment of five phase theory the six comes into play in terms of six pair channels, which are the 12 acupuncture channels, but also in the Shang Han Lun, San Yang, San Yang, three yin level aspects, three yang aspects, and progressions of illness patterns through those. And the interaction of five and six creates what I call a creative asymmetry. If everything was just five, if everything was just two, if everything was just six, everything would be a mechanical repetition in nature and there'd be no room for creativity or anything new under the sun, so to speak. But when you have five and six, they interact with each other in such a way that they create new permutations of phenomena that occur. And the tool of combining the five and the six allows us to be able to read them and respond to them. No less than the present uh, COVID uh, epidemic, which is something in many ways, new under the sun. You know, it's, uh, we need tools to understand it from a Chinese medicine perspective, how to deal with what we're experiencing in the world right now. So, and that's the practicality also. 
How do we deal with what we're seeing in our patients, these new chronic illnesses, these new infectious conditions that are going on, the social unrest, the environmental unrest. So. And then you both, because you've done such deep translation work, tie a lot of this back you know, to the classics. Both of you have, right? Like you just said that the SUEN 26 covers this, or you're able yeah. to pull from the classics these teachings of how the microcosm, the practitioner and the patient live within the macrocosm and how they create their own dynamic. And in your talk, your, your seminar, are you giving people practical protocols or treatment approaches for their patients using this knowledge? Um, I'm, t I'm not, I'm very down on protocols because protocols means you freeze something in time and space and expect it to work the same way every time. Every Which time kind of goes exactly against the spirit of the chapter. Yes. I mean, that's there exactly are what the point of the chapter is that you have to position the patient as the human between heaven and earth. And there are all these things going on in heaven and there are all these things going on in earth. And then there's the human in the middle and everything they got going on. So how could you even create a protocol out of that? I mean, there are general guidelines in the chapter, which are really cool, like the, like the, the waxing moon and the full moon and the waning moon. Mm -hmm. When you supplement and when you drain. Right. Yes. So yeah, that you can learn a Fang Fa, you can learn a method of treatment. And you can learn how the practitioner can live according to these cycles and then also communicate that to their patients. Um, an early 20th century physician, Zhang Shichun said, the purpose of acupuncture, moxa and herbal medicine is to teach the philosophy of Neijing to our patients. They're teaching tools. They refine the mind and the body in such a way so it's more responsive to natural cycles. And the Neijing clearly says that people get sick when they lose synchronicity with these cosmic and natural cycles. So in that sense, yes, we'll be talking about the practicality of that. But, you know, people used to get upset with me when I used to, I would never give them protocols because I can't guarantee you what worked in this space and time for me as a practitioner with the people I'm working with would work for you. There are certain sure. guidelines of practice. So... I also wanted to point out, I'm not, a, I consider a translator Chinese medical text, which Sabina has done a tremendous job in this profession. I, I don't consider myself a translator. I'm a student of translation with Sabina. And I am always learning more and more about the language, but I'm a very slow learner when it comes to language. But I had no enough medical Chinese to be able to, I've been around the block with it and I can go into the texts, but I need, someone to supervise me that and that's you know i look to sabina often for that most of the time so you can't do everything and i love i mean that's that's one of the things that i love about our collaboration that you are somebody who's been sitting with these texts and thinking about them in english translations primarily with unschuld's work for right. for decades and then you have your decades of rich clinical experience and then I come in and I give you a little more direct access to the, the Chinese text and you go with it. 
Mm-hmm. And by the way, can I can can we? I I sent um, Zeph a text earlier about um, about a great insight I had. I was reviewing Sue and Twenty Six as we were getting ready for this, or as I was getting ready to meet you guys in an hour here. Zeph, you want to know about it? Sure, go ahead. So there's something at the end of Sue and Twenty Six where the Yellow Emperor asked. Chibo, tell us about the Shen and the Qi, the, the, the Shen and the Xing, right? Yep. Yes. Oh, he's, he's pulling it out. <laughs> Love it. Um, so, so the Yellow Emperor says, well, we've talked about, you know, the, the, the heavenly lights and the, the, the sun and the moon and the stars. And we've talked about the, the, the eight alignments and the vacuity, evil, the winds of the eight directions. But now what about the Shen and the Xing? That's the, that's the final section of Suvan 26. And Xing is such a tricky character, right? And I think I translated it in the version that I gave you as the body which is really a, 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 a terrible translation for that character. And I've been sitting with that character forever. And um, I just came up with the perfect translation. You want to hear it, Zeph? Sure. I think, I think. And then I want to hear what you think about it. Gestalt. Oh, wow. That's a great one. Because in German, gestalt means form or shape which is the literal meaning of this character. And in English, gestalt has this additional meaning of a structure, a coherent whole that is greater than the sum of all of its parts. Um, and I think that's what Xing is. Wow. Isn't that cool? What, and a, that's an that's amazing really cool. insight. That's really cool. I'm sorry. Really I've, cool. Been, I've been totally hung up on how to translate Ching forever and ever. So I saved it for this podcast. <laughs> that is that is super exciting. And I started this podcast by telling people you're going to get more than you expect from this podcast. So I knew. <laughs> I knew that. I mean, I'll probably change my mind by tomorrow and be like, no, that's the wrong direction. But but for right now, and, and it is this con- this conversation, this collaboration that Zeph and I've had for years or that I have also with other clinicians. I mean, I've talked to, to countless, the, the students in my program, who a lot of them right. are experienced older practitioners. And so we've been, been working with this concept of Xing, the body, the form, the material, it's not the material body because it's material and immaterial doesn't work for, for Qi. Qi is this weird, Xing is not just the material body. It's more, it's not the physical as opposed to the metaphysical. Those are Western concepts. So we've been stewing on this forever. And it's, it's my interaction with people like Zeph that, that yeah. make these light bulbs come off in my own world. Well, I'm, I'm gonna give a practical example of, of all of this. In my second book called Ripples in the Flow, which is about non-Jing uh, vessel diagnosis or what's sometimes called pulse diagnosis. Um, it's the movement in the vessels, uh, my John, is inspecting or examining movement in the vessels according to Paul Unschuld's translation. And in the very first three chapters, it establishes why do we use the wrist position as the primary position for reading the vessel, reading the pulse. And it talks about how with every in-breath, the chi moves three tsun, every out-breath three tsun, and how it circles 
in a 24 or 25 hour period 13,500 times. And through the time it goes through all the channels, penetrates all the internal viscera. And that um, by following this movements in the pulse, you see where those timely rhythms are out of sync with each other and you adjust them and change them so that the body mind can self-correct and return to a state of centeredness and quiescence. And it's a very practical method of doing so. So, I mean, and it, without even mentioning specific diseases, it goes at a layer underneath a specific symptom pattern and allows the body to self-correct it and adjust to it and the mind as well. So. That's how I see, practically speaking, what it is we're talking about with this. We have to understand how classical Chinese medicine views time and our relationship to the universe and to the earth. And then when we adjust these factors, people get better. Yeah. As high-minded as it sounds, there is a practical method for doing so. It, it sounds like a lot of what will be um, received in the seminar is this deep dive into the classics, its application to present day times. And the way we can use it is through diagnosis and approach. So not, like you said, no specific protocols because every person is their own dynamic every time they present given all of the variables. However, with this knowledge from the seminar, the art and science of resonance, we're really talking about the resonance you'll be able to understand where the disharmony is and have different approaches to bring the body back into harmony with nature and let it self-correct and therefore heal. Yes, that's a good way. And it's not just the, the body of the patient, but also the self-cultivation. It, it's so I, that's kind of where, where my thinking has gone. And I'm working on a book on, um, medicine and virtue or something that's the that's the working title that that all it needs is like a 10-page conclusion and i've been sitting on that conclusion for like five months <laughs> but um well you have just have to reach I, the right time and space to do that yeah no, yeah no, it, it, like that and then Right? I know, I know, I know. That's that's more and more. That's the way my writing goes. It's like I can't, I, you can't force it. And it's really about. We've talked about this before, Zev. Walking that line between the, the and, and to me, yeah, the the prescriptions and the formulas and those are the tools of the trade. That's that's the craft of medicine. That's the artisan. And then in contrast, or in addition to that, what an experienced physician cultivates is, is, is the art, the beauty, the expertise that comes from, you know, years and years of experience, the, the, the special knack, the special genius of, of an individual physician, which is not something that you can transmit in an institution to somebody who is, is you know, a blank slate. It's the sort of thing that, that comes through a lineage transmission, mm -hmm. through mm -hmm. close wow. conversations like this, and through mentorship, mentorship, yep. and and personal cultivation. So for me, this conversation or these kinds of conversations, like Zeph and I've had wonderful um, herbal retreats where we spend a whole week in Taos and we spent the morning taking the students out on hikes and having tea in the mountains and. 
and just just you know feeling into what it means to be between heaven and earth so that we can when we resonate with I don't know, I have bees and just, just resonating with the bees or, or, or swimming or whatever. I love open water swimming. Um, you know, just putting a cat on your chest and that purring of the cat, whatever, or a baby that falls asleep. Um, that kind of a healing power somehow, I don't know, Zeph, if that makes any sense, or East, you're, you're a practitioner. 100%. Like we, the three of us are in so much resonance because I help practitioners work on themselves to be the best version of themselves because it has a direct effect on patient outcomes and the healing of the patient or lack thereof. So what you're saying is, and what you're going to present, which gets me so excited is just as much as we focus on the patient's there needs to be a focus on ourselves as the practitioners. Your both of you have spent so much time in the classics that right there has cultivated what you're talking about to be able to shift and hold that space for the patients. That is just as important as anything else in patient care and working with patients. I mean, I just love it. It's beautiful. And like it or not, our work is very personal. And uh, the resonance between the patient and the practitioner, it's an agreement, it's a relationship. And it's not just, oh, here comes my two o'clock referral from some insurance company. Okay, they have lower back pain, I'm gonna put needles here. I mean, there is a version of acupuncture. My first book, I had a chapter on it called The Technician Versus the Scholar of Physician. But um, it is a relationship of beings, and there is an interchange. Some people tell me as soon as I feel the pulse, I feel the healing, right? Yeah. There's an yeah. exchange of information there. And it's, uh, it's very essential to the treatment aspect. So self-cultivation, without self-cultivation, which what I hear what you're describing East, you're gonna burn out in this field in a few years. I mean, there's not a lot of people who have been practicing you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And the ones who do take care of themselves, they meditate, pray, eat right, do qigong or yoga, work on their sleep, work on their emotional management. Otherwise, you're going to be a goner before too long because you're, you're yeah, you know, you know. burnout, you won't see the results you're hoping for. I, it, it, a story that dawns on me is one I tell there was a, a practitioner that came to me, and he loved to bring his dog to his practice. And a couple of his patients didn't like the dog. So he would leave the dog in the uh, car or at home. And so he came to me and he said, what do I do? And I said, you bring your dog to your practice. And he said, well, what about these patients that don't like the dog? I said, well, you got to get rid of them because you're not even present for those patients anyway. You're thinking about your dog in the car or at home. You are not even present in that treatment room. You are doing them such a disservice. So he said, oh, I never thought about it like that. You're right. Like, so I would even say I have seen healing begin. If a practitioner has really cultivated themselves, healing begins when the appointment is made because that practitioner is so deep into their own self-care that the resonance begins with looking at the website or like I told you guys before we started, I picked you two, right? Like there was already a resonance just reading what you were going to present on. And I just, I, what you're 
presenting is so important and such an important reminder for our modern day practitioners, especially who often are just taught mechanics to practice. And it's being brought back to the classics, which I think sometimes are brushed over and reminded it's of kind of like that dynamic well, and the importance of it. It's kind of like saying, well, that's a really ugly city, but you've never been there. You know, it's like you have to walk <laughs> yeah. the streets, you have to eat in the restaurants, you have to meet the people. It's a, it's a territory and you have to visit it and breathe it and live with it before you can have any opinion whatsoever. And there are all these people with opinions that are not informed opinions. And um, I want to add that that also means selectivity in terms of knowing who you can help in your office clinic and who you can't help, who's right for you and who's right for somebody else, because um, we can't help everybody. We all have our different kinds of patients and practices and so forth. And I think that that variety is the spice of life for sure. Um, the, uh, I think the goal of Chinese medicine in, in terms of studying classics is that Chinese medicine is about acquiring wisdom and sharing it. I really do. And there's different ways to share wisdom. Uh, Ted Kapchuk, when he put out his first Herbaline and Khan Herb Company, he called it wisdom in every drop. Oh. It I love that, you know, and I always love that. And he wrote very intelligent product literature, considering it was many, many years ago when he put it out. Now, you are both are presenting together on the 3rd of November at Symposium, correct? Is it the yes. 3rd of November? Yeah. Oh, I, I have it. Yeah. Two yeah. o'clock. You're, you're both presenting. Are either of you doing other presentations at Symposium? No. Oh, I'm doing that a book submitting. I was just going to say, I know your book is coming out in October, your third book, Afterglow. So you'll have yeah. a book signing at Symposium. Uh, yeah. Do you know which day? Probably Saturday. They'll announce it, well, right? It hasn't come up with a day. Obviously, I can't do Saturday because it's the Sabbath, but it'll be done maybe Friday. I'm not sure. I have to check with Todd and I. He's working on that right now because there's a few people who are going to be doing book signings. And um, I will probably do an impromptu short talk Um connected with the Far East Summit booth or some, or with another group at that point too as well. So I'm not sure exactly how that's going to pan out yet. No, we but your book, Afterglow, will be at Symposium. Can you give us a short snippet of that book, what it's about? Yeah, I started it at the beginning of the pandemic when I, you know, we took a short vacation to Hawaii in, in February just before it was about to hit the shores of the continental US. And I remember getting off the plane to this beautiful place, Kauai, and looking up at this you know, beautiful blue sky and saying, this, the, the sky's not right. Looking at the turquoise water, the water's not right, and the earth's not right. Every, nature seemed almost like out of place, out of balance, unsynchronized. And that's the only way I could describe it was a gut feeling. And I wrote a poem about it, a long poem, which is actually in the book. And it was soon after these massive fires hit Australia, you know, incinerating not only millions of acres of, of you know, scrub forests, but also at least a billion animals. And, yeah. and all, those, all that smoke going up and it affects wind currents, which it's kind of like the, the butterfly that flaps its wings in China and affects the weather mm -hmm. in the continental US, is that this is a much more strong influence. So. We're living on one planet. What happens in one part affects another. And according to 
Chinese medicine's teaching on pandemics and epidemics, um, this throws the balance of heaven and earth relations and leads to the possibility of infectious illness spreading around the planet. So that was the genesis of the project. And then I tied in a teachings about ministerial fire, Ming men, so forth, which are not taught in the schools. And they're not well understood. What we learn in most uh, Western TCM schools is kidney yin, kidney yang, kidney chi. But we never really discuss Ming men. We never discuss ministerial fire. We don't discuss its relationship with the triple burner San Jiao or, and how, it's, how this warmth is connected with immunity, the Wei Qi, the defense, or the, uh, what's another word, a good word for it, Sabina, defense. I, I like defense. Yeah. It's not, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's like the border troops, the border, the border protection. It's, right. it's not the, the safeguarding inside because that's the function of yin. So language is, is important there. Oh yeah. The defense and works for me because the defenses are, you know, quick and they're they're going, you can send them to different places. Right, they move very quickly. An attack. Right. They're on and the surface. Yes, so we talk about defense chi and what the Polinchal translate ying as provisional camp, nutritive, constructive have been the four English translations I've seen for it. But he the idea camp, that I think. Yeah, and I like provisioning. Of, I like I like, I like provisioning, provisioning as well. I like your choice of term. You know, the relationship of yin and wei is the is a primary relationship of yin and yang that is adjusted by especially acupuncture and moxa, but also with herbal medicine. And that you need to understand ministerial fire in order to work with this defensive chi and understand from a Chinese medicine perspective how to deal with people getting what we call externally contracted illnesses on one hand, and the importance of keeping the internal warmth in the body maintained and regulated. Thirdly, the mistake that we make because we're so influenced by biomedical thinking that all inflammation is heat and should be drained. I'm, my point is that most inflammation is actually the body's ministerial fire trying to expel pockets of cold and it's not doing a good enough job at it. Things become blocked and stuck, so the body heats up. But if you take too much bitter cold or if you do too much draining, you're actually weakening the primal fire that's supposed to be stored in the dantian below the navel. So it's like almost backwards or inside out. You know, yeah. Don't, you know, putting ice on an injury that's a, is probably a prime example of that. Yeah. And if or I can say one, one last thing about the resonance, I did name my, my book, which was a translation of Suwen Five, um, Humming with Elephants. So there's also this, 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 another possible translation of that concept is humming, which I really liked. Just had to throw that in there. Resonance and humming. I love that. <laughs> now you two also collaborate. I know Sabina, you have several projects going. You have, um, the translatingchinesemedicine.com is a project that Zeb also contributes to. Tell me a little bit about that. I know you have a yearly training program. I know it starts in September and Zeb's part of, contributes to that or to your membership because you have two memberships as well. So it's a little bit complex. So I have one membership, which is Imperial Tutor. 
And yeah. it's a monthly thing. And I have tea time talks and history talks and all of this stuff. And that's on history and culture. So that's all in English. Um, sometimes I, I do post weekly translations there from the Yellow Emperor's Classic and from Sun Tzu but but it's it's in English. And then I created another program. So another whole world, which the website is translatingchinesemedicine.com. But yep. the, it has three or really four parts. And you can go to the website to find out about it. But it's um, the first part is free. It's like a um, it's a two month free course that anybody can just sign up. All you need is your name and your email and you can register for free. And the, the link is on my um, on my website. The second layer is my monthly mentorship reading the Chinese medicine classics. So that's a monthly or you can you can do a yearly subscription where you get a weekly um, post and there's discussions and weekly challenges and we have text readings and Zef is part of both of my mentorships. So Zef is a regular visitor in the Tea Time Talks and a regular um, participant and in the text readings, which is really awesome. And so, and, and, and he's great about um, commenting on my, on these weekly posts that I send out. So I, I love your comments, Seth. That's much appreciated. But you and also have a, a year long program. And then the really translating Chinese medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the really intensive program. And it starts every year in early September. And that is, can you tell me about that? Do you teach people how to do translations yeah. or you just discover yeah. translations together? No, I, I teach classical Chinese and it's a trick. Wow. It's called the triple crown. And it consists of three different layers, the foundations, the diamond core and the medical medley. And it's pretty intense. I mean, it involves a lot of homework. It's CUs. It's, it's you got to be really dedicated to do that one. So the, wow. the, the membership is kind of self-paced and it's up to you whether you read the posts or watch the videos or participate. But the, the program, it's a real, it's based on my university teaching experience. And I really want people, I'm really excited this online, this new online world we live in. I have students from all over the world. And, and I just, I've decided I can't be translating all these books. I've kind of run out of steam. So my vision is to teach the art of translation so that the, the fourth prong in my vision is the Peach Blossom Spring Collective where the graduates of my intensive training program where we will work in working groups to create translations. So I'm kind of stepping into this mentorship role of creating the next generation of, of people, a lot of whom are already translators they're fluent in modern chinese so i'm focusing on the classical side wow i love it totally exciting i just finished the first year-long round of it and it's it's been exhausting but but super inspiring yeah oh my gosh it sounds mm -hmm. like it it's out and then everybody gets two for one at symposium they get the two of you in your memberships they get influence from both of you. So it is a huge two for one. I am so looking forward to seeing you both in November at symposium and um, seeing Zev at his book signing. Zev is here in San Diego. Before we hit record, I was sharing that I ran into Zev at the 
store the other day. So I hope to run into you again. And Sabina, you're coming down from um, Washington area. And we're all and it'll be the first together. It'll be my first in-person conference since the Ever? pandemic hit. Oh, since the pandemic. I mean, I know I used to have to leave my island like once a month to go travel all over the world. And then it all got shut down by COVID. So I'm I'm really looking forward to teaching in person again. So uh, yeah, we'll all be as well and hum in happiness in, in a physical. Yes, I together. want yeah, awesome. I want that resonation as well because the Zoom resonation, it has its place, like you said, in the world connecting us. There's nothing like in person. It's a stronger resonation and uh, stronger humming. Yeah, yeah. I just did a, my first live seminar, in, you know, over you know, two and a half years in New York. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that there's definitely a difference when you're actually there live with people. What did you teach in New York, Seb? I based it on the the upcoming book on the ministerial fire afterglow, and it was for a group uh, that was put together. Like a, a private group of practitioners put together by Lauren Dulber, if you may know, who's also great. Yeah, yeah. And I have also my colleague, our colleague, Sabina and I, Steve Cowan there, who has taught several symposiums in the past. And then we got together to work on a book there. And then I also got to see patients while I was there too. So that was a nice change of pace. And it was basically seeing my supper because, you know, my daughter and grandkids live in New York. So it was a way for me to go out there and do that as well so yeah i love it well good okay then i am going to see both of you any last things you want to leave with listeners or viewers um there's always more to learn there's always <laughs> more to grow and uh sabina and i are just two of the people who are willing to help facilitate that and for our own selves i mean um one of the reasons I love Chinese medicine is because it's you, you never will finish studying it. There's always more. Yeah. So we have a saying in the Talmud, which is also a huge compendium of material. Your job is not to finish, but to begin and to continue. That's how I feel. And Chinese medicine is mm. that kind of cumulative knowledge. A beginner has a lot to offer. But your ability to provide more and more will grow as you keep at it. And that goes with things like pulse diagnosis. Everyone is afraid of learning how to feel vessel diagnosis or pulse. Oh, how am I going to do this? You can get a lot. You just need to be encouraged to trust what it is you're actually feeling and then translate that. And that's what the classics do. It takes your real-time sensory perceptions and thinking and gives it a framework to make it real. I love it. I love and it. my thing is just my last thing is just that life is very precious. And that's why we de dedicated this to Lillian, who Lillian Bridges, who passed like that. And what started us off was the message behind you that really each of us have our gifts and we have our mission. And it's it's precious and time is precious. And we're here to to show up and do our work and yeah. Hopefully we can inspire each other at the symposium to do that together and really go deep. And you never know. I think the world needs all of us to show up in the greatest way that we can right now because it, these are challenging times. 
So thank I you agree. for that message behind you, which took me, I saw that. I'm like, <laughs> there's Lillian in the room with us. So thank you for that. Yeah, for pe people that aren't watching and are listening, I have a sign in my office and it says, God gave you gifts. Your mission is to share them with the world. So with that, we'll leave you. We'll say goodbye for now. And we'll see you all at Symposium 2020. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Bye. My Bye. pleasure. Thank you both. Bye-bye.